Wise Turtle Speaks is a series of offerings merging philosophy, physics, math, biology, psychology, sociology, education, art, politics, and even love together. We will explore the patterns of our consciousness as it moves through space and time and use those patterns to better understand and solve our problems in all four dimensions of the universe. Namaste! days ago, I had a, a real, honest-to-goodness business meeting. Um, at least I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It went okay. It wasn't, it wasn't terribly exciting. But um, <laughs> the interesting things that came out of it was uh, near the beginning, um, this, this person had, had sort of a, a very brief introduction to what my plans are for starting the create space idea and the, um, the as yet to be unrevealed named, uh, larger project, um, more, more internet based project. Um, actually it has been named, but I haven't named it, uh, in a, in a more, po <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but I have, I've put this name out there at, in some space before, but um, uh, but not more officially. Um, but anyway, it shall be named soon officially. And so anyway, so he, so he, this person knew just a smidge of of what my idea was, and I don't I don't think he really ever grasped it um, in its full glory, or its uh, or its sort of inevitable existence as it was um but nonetheless the, the, one of the interesting things that came out of this meeting was that he initially said something which i found rather strange but not as surprising as one might think um i had mentioned just as far as the sort of practical sense of of the create space idea um that I propose that um, it mixes zoning-wise um, in sort of meat space. It it mixes um, public and private space in one sort of structure. One not necessarily structure, but but one property. Um, so there would be living space, uh, a sort of private, you know residential space, as well as public meeting space and art space, creative spaces, farm space, whatever, whatever it is, um, whatever it needs to be to serve the community best. Um, but the idea is that there would be people living there. And I brought up the, the very simple idea that, you know, the, the churches, you know, tend to have at least many churches, um, certainly in more rural areas, tend to have uh, the, the minister or whatever, um, pastor, whatever you have, uh, living there. And they're, they're in their family, if they have a family, if they're that kind of church. Um, otherwise, otherwise, it could be a monastery, you know, where they're, or, or nunnery or whatever, where you have people living there, but also doing public service work, and the public can come in and, and um, get whatever, you know, get help in some way. So the idea is that, you know, there, this is, 
precedent has been set in in local ordinances or whatever uh, zoning laws that you know there can be such a thing. And so I had been mentioning this, and the guy that I was talking having this business meeting with um, said, "Well, why don't you just you know become a minister?" And then you can just do this, you know, you won't have to do anything different. And I thought that was very bizarre that that someone would actually just suggest that, um, especially, you know, me having this sort of business meeting with this person about setting up a nonprofit and, you know, doing, you know, actually looking for property. Uh, that was that was my whole purpose of talking to these this person um, and, and most of the people that I'm putting information out and requests out to which is right now I'm very specifically looking for property um, either to be donated or very cheaply sold or rented or you know whatever have you but going into some kind of trust eventually um, for a nonprofit so that the nonprofit itself would own it not me privately necessarily although I'm open to any options whatever works um, that's the idea that you know you use whatever methods suit the purpose uh, of the local community the best. Um, and, and people have a hard time doing dealing with that, and, and that's okay. Those people can come in at a later date, or not at all. It's, it's up to them. Um, but certainly the idea of being as, most, as, as flexible and adaptable and resilient as possible um, is, is the goal, rather than going in and trying to be rigid and, you know, square peg in a round hole kind of thing. You know, don't want to do that. We want to be a, a flexible peg into whatever shape hole that the community has. Um, but so this was this was an odd thing for this person to say. This guy suggesting, that, why don't you just become a minister <laughs> and then have a church? And you know, oddly enough, I had slightly thought of that in a uh, in a couple of different contexts. Um, not so much in the actually getting property context of becoming a minister and then getting property. Um, I had thought of this in the two different contexts of one that I could actually get property that had been a church so that there might be a residential area as well as public space and sort of, you know, an otherwise abandoned church that somebody wasn't using, that that would be a good property to get, um, especially if it could be donated or by a town or something that had or, or whatever. Um, so I sort of thought of that and that element of things. And then, then I had also thought of after seeing the, um, uh, whatever the show is called this last week tonight, something, the John Oliver show, um, was spun off sort of from the daily show. And I enjoy quite a bit, um, watching that. Uh, I, the fact that he actually does activities that he actually does he's sort of an activist he's an activist comedian um news comedian F fake news except that it's not fake news he actually does real news for the most part uh with a little bit of f fantasy flourish i guess you would say um but anyway it's uh one of the things that he did at the very end uh actually throughout quite a bit of a couple of his shows, several of his shows, was that he created a fake um, or semi-fake a church, religion, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess it was a church officially is what you would call it. And uh, and registered it, you know, legally so that he could get donations, so that he could ask for donations. And um, the idea was that it was sort of like the televangelists um, that, 
you know, you can tell people that they will be saved if they give you money. And so he went into this sort of fake, uh, you know, forming this, this fake but real religion church where he asked people for money and, and people would send in not just money, but people apparently sent in quite a lot of random bizarre things. And he had to put a stop to it because he was tired of getting really creepy, bizarre things in the mail. Um, but people were sending money and he was obviously donating it to some nonprofit, um, because that's the kind of person he is. But, but the idea was that it was fully legal and so I had, that had put a little bit of something in my mind that, you know, I could form this real bit fake, you know, religion church and, uh, and use that. But, um, my response to the guy who had suggested it last week to me was, um, that, you know, that's just not who I am. That's not the direction I want to go. And also, you know, well, primarily, not just primarily that that's not who I am, but primarily also because um, the goal is to serve everyone. And if you if you declared yourself a church or religion, that automatically excludes other people um, for various reasons, you know, because you know, not everyone thinks of themselves as being religious or wanting to go to a church or anything, you know, obviously, um, even if it's a secular church, you know, in some way, uh, as, as the, that whole universal life church, which I believe I actually got a, got a, uh, whatever ministered reverend <laughs> I joined as a, as a practicing preacher type person, which is the, it was originally started by the, the Bob Dobbs movement, uh, back in uh, 60s or 70s, which kind of sort of came to a head in the 80s, I guess, and that was sort of the last, the, the Church of the Subgenius. Um, that was the, I heard about it mostly in the early 90s, I guess, um, just after it had sort of come to a peak and then it sort of subsided. Um, but the, the main thing that is a relic of that is that if you want to be an officiant in a, in a wedding, um, you can somewhat legally, I mean, this is legitimate. It was a church that they, they founded kind of like the John Oliver, uh, project that he did, um, you know, that it was a, a church that was officially started legally. And, um, if you want to join, you you don't have to pay anything. You can just go to a website and sign up and and declare yourself to be a, a minister or whatever from that church um, so that you can actually legally practice um, as a, an officiant in a wedding. And that was actually how my husband and I got married and um, with a friend of my mother's who, who registered and <laughs> performed the wedding. Um, and I believe she, I was told that she performed another one after that. Um, cause she enjoyed it. She's a sort of counselor type person, although she does a lot of random things, including gardening, landscaping for other people, um, and caretaking or something. I don't know, but she, um, she, she enjoys working with other people, I guess. And, uh, so anyway, so I had kind of thought of this, but I understand that, that you know, the, the primary, primary reason, even if it's, even if it was something that I would, 
would tend to do. It's not something I'm going to do for practical reasons because, again, the idea is that um, it, any any time you declare yourself a religion, that automatically is sort of elitist and an exclusionary. Um, you know, even even if you don't not intending to be, um, but that just makes it sound like you are, and people are are automatically going to dismiss whatever you are, you know, whatever you're doing, if you declare yourself to be different from them. Um, so that's not my goal. Uh, my goal is to, to try to find a connection with every individual human being out there and, and even the non-human beings out there. Um, but what I'm doing, what my purpose in life um, seems to be, is actually related to what at least some religious types do and ministers and preachers and whatever, except that in, in only in one sense, um, there are two parts to what I do. And, um, if you look at my diagram about the, um, sort of the prime direct prime directive, um, game or what you call life, the earth mission, the game of life, earth mission, uh, that I've drawn, um, using Pascal's triangle to sort of break things down into the various levels with the primary goal of our planet being a, a unified, healthy system that is able to procreate and make baby planets and send them out into the universe, um, some way. Um, so my my purpose, my sort of where I fit in as a, as a mission in life, um, a role that I play, the work that I do, is on the right-hand side, the bottom right-hand side, where um, it's the culture and um, future story generation and storage and recycling, I believe is how I put it. Um, and I'm, I've spent a lot of time, you know, collecting stories of the future and maps of where we want to go and who we are and what we think, what we think the purpose of life is and all that. And that certainly is, you know, what a lot of religious stories are, you know, that's a lot of what religion does is to you know, to give people these stories. But another part of what I do, and which some religions do, but others do not, um, some religions do, and this is another thing, big part of what I do, which is um, helping people generate their own stories, their own personal, you know, if you want to say religion, their own personal, it's not even mythology, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a narrative, their own stories of who they are and who they want to be and what their life is, was, and would like to be, and hopefully will be. Um, because these stories that we tell ourselves, these narratives, um, as far as uh, neurology and, and brain science, as well as psychology, has been showing us that these narratives um, are very, quite literally, in our brains the maps that we use to guide ourselves to make decisions. So 
when we have these stories, if they are healthy, well, well written, <laughs> good character development, and uh, inspiring plot lines, um, you know, they can guide us to be, you know, the heroes that you know the world needs us to be. And uh, you know, people sometimes think that that's very selfish to call oneself a hero and to think of oneself that way. But that's actually what you know we need. We need everyone to be the hero of us, at least a small story, if not a large story. Uh, it doesn't matter what size. We need all size heroes to fit into all the little niches of our our system, right? So. Those are the two elements of the things that I do. One is to offer the sort of larger, big picture uh, stories of where we can go as a as a planet, and you know what what our purpose is again, and that is that is why I've generated this Earth mission map of uh, what I think our purpose is, you know, on the larger scale, which is to you know, become a healthy organism, a system that our planet works, you know, in the same way that our own bodies work together, you know, with free flowing resources moving to where they're needed. And, you know, each part of the system is supported in functioning as well as possible, so that the whole system can function as well as possible. And then ultimately, you know, that allows us to be healthy, happy, planetary system that uh, can, you know, make babies, can uh, function really well and, and procreate new life. New civilizations to boldly go where no human has gone before and so on and so forth. Yes, I love Star Trek. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's one part is the larger part of inspiring a, a big picture story of mythology if you want to call it a mythology but you know it's a it's an ideology it's a it's a plan it's a map to the future you know that is quite realistic it's based on you know who we are and what we want i believe and so i have done a lot of the background work on that and now that i have this larger scale thing i would like to try to help people on the more individual skills design their own individual smaller picture stories of you know their own particular paths through this this life you know that brings them to their own best uh heroic story mythology again it's not mythology in the native or in the artificial fictional sense it's a mythology in the sense of you know this is the 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 big important story of who we are, our heroic journey through life. And in doing that, um, in, in me doing this work, um, I do think of myself a little bit as a, a minister or counselor. Uh, I have certainly called myself a philosophy counselor in the past. Um, that was that was sort of my official work for a while, and I, I still consider myself a bit of that. Um, it's not as inspiring a, a, a term. I still haven't quite come up with a term that describes who I am. I'm not just a storyteller, but I'm someone who wants to help others. A story nurturer, maybe, um, wants to help others generate their own stories. 
Um, so anyway, if you if you have an idea of what you, what I could call myself, you know, what people like me who who not only generate larger stories but try to help others facilitate their own storytelling, mythology, heroic journey stories. Um, so I've recently thought of doing a couple of things, making I you know I I long to be invited to be a speaker at TED, the technology entertainment design. I always thought it was technology education design. I think that'd be better, but because um, I don't do a lot of entertainment, but I, I do a little. Um, but I've, I've, I've always wanted to be invited to be a TED speaker. Um, but then I look at the TED organization, and as much as many of the people who do this the you know presentations on TED are brilliant and beautiful and inspiring. Um, the organization of TED itself is a, a little wonky. They're a little—I um, don't even know quite. They're—they're they're a little close-minded and sort of actually stuck in the past, which is sort of funny um, to say about them. But yeah, they're—they're they're very sort of institutionalized and focused on money and and sort of paternalistic power structures and that sort of thing. Um, even though they're, you know, you could, you can see them trying to get out of that, but they don't really know how to do it. You know, a lot of their speakers are actually talking about how, how bad these, these old fashioned repressive structures are. Um, but Ted itself doesn't really want to push the limits of, of who they are as a, as an organization. Um, yes, they give out their their things for free eventually, <laughs> some of them, um, but it still costs, you know, huge amount and it's very elitist and exclusive uh, to get in there. And if you have anything that's a little too far beyond what they believe, um, they won't even let you be there or they will disassociate themselves with you if it's after the fact. But anyway... Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, and, and I even tried to get into a TED program up here in Maine um, and was just fully ignored uh, initially. And, and then I did make a comment to them on their Facebook page about something um, elitist or something. I, I don't remember exactly what I said. Um, and they, they, they responded, but it, it wasn't very interesting. And they sort of lost interest in talking to me and I lost interest in talking to them. So I mostly just want to do a presentation that would, you know, blow their socks off kind of thing uh, that they would wish that they would have me on. And then I, I wouldn't be on because I would have already just done it myself and it would be popular and people would see it and, um, and it would help a lot of people. So that's, that's kind of my, my goal. And there was also recently a, um, a random thing that I saw an advertisement for this, this a TV show in Maine. I don't know whether there are ones all over the place and this just happens to be a local version or whatever, but it was some kind of a um, profiteering sort of inventor business person proposal and they you would start up kind of thing that, you know, you would present your, your startup idea and that people could fund you. Um, and you had to do a video presentation for your initial one. And I was 
thinking about that. So I am very seriously thinking about doing a video presentation. I would always love to, and I, I've said this or certainly mentioned it before that, you know, that that's where I see one of the things of my future being is that I, I would do media production, um, in some sort of create some sort of studio where there were a bunch of us media types, educator types, um, working with scientists and artists and everybody kind of collaborating to make inspiring and informative media, you know, akin to sort of a combination between you know, Wikipedia and TED Talks and, and um, <laughs> the thing that I can never remember the name of the, the you know, YouTube, YouTube video school by the Khan Academy. That's what it is like. I had such a hard time remembering that name. Um, don't know why. I could even relate it to Star Trek. The Wrath of Khan Academy. I wonder if anyone's made a, a joke, anything about that cartoon, something. Anyway, so, you know, I, I see myself as creating this. Once I have uh, the create space set up, um, that is going to be kind of my end of things. I would create a, a sort of media studio to help put these things out it's, it's kind of going to be my part of the project whenever the create space that I live in gets up and running which hopefully will be soon but who knows um there's definitely some positive things that have been happening lately um moving towards that but oh my goodness the bureaucracy and the craziness and the just lack of communication and connection is, is driving me crazy um, it's, I, I go up and down I have, you know, great highs of excitement and then just lows of, nope, that's not going to work out. Um, like this, this crazy business meeting that I had, that I had this crazy overnight trip, which I had to organize multiple buses and sleeping at someone else's house and going in and getting rides from a bunch of different people and coming back. And I was I almost slept the entire day the next day when I got back because I was I was just so worn out. Uh, didn't help that I was eating cooked food the whole time just to make it easier on myself. Um, but anyway, things are looking up. There, positive things have been happening certainly. And so when I create this create space, that is going to be my one of my big roles is a media studio for putting out these uh, educational, scientifically interesting. Um, and very practical, um, as well as artistically beautifully done, inspiring media pieces in, in all form, books and posters and videos and music and whatnot. I'm not so good in the music and the things, although <laughs> I, I do tend to make my own little musical things here and there with, with various musical players, like the intro to this, both of the intros that I have had uh, to this podcast were done by me. Well, I say they were done by me. I, I was the only human involved in the actual generation of them. Most of them, though, were, were generated by algorithms and code, which some other human at some point generated, but I organized them. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I uh, would love to have a video, um, even if it's just sort of an introductory, rudimentary, raw uh, version of a video um, that could get fiddled with later and polished up. But I would love it if anyone wanted to work with me on that um, to make a video that would help 
guide people either in the speaking up process um, or in a, a slightly simplified version of that, which would be more, because the speaking up process is very focused on um, a more practical way of expressing one's and getting to one's purpose in life and sort of turning the, figuring out how to turn the negative emotional reactions to a more positive, healthy expression of who one is and what one wants to do, um, you know, who one wants to help uh, take care of and get better things for in the life, in one's life. Um, but a more, a more artistic version of that I would like to generate as well, which could involve, um, I think it would more specifically involve the, the loopy, uh, what I call the, uh, either the, the, what is the term that I use? Um, it's the grieving process. It's the, uh, it's also the educational learning process is a loopy one, um, which I'll link to, and you can you can see that diagram and that discussion about how um, the stages of grief map very specifically and just mind-blowingly, wonderfully, um, accurately onto um, the pattern of a particle moving through a wave. Uh, for example, like a um, uh, a boat or maybe a submarine or something that's that's not running un, under its own power, uh, moving through the ocean, um, inside the ocean. And there's a the very specific path that most people have never seen because it's, it's not something that's easy to see um, underneath the waves kind of thing. But if, if you actually, uh, I discovered this on a Wikipedia page, there was a, a nice little, a nice little diagram, a little, actually it was a GIF, it was an animated GIF of um, the pattern of this particle through a wave. And it makes this sort of funny, um, spirally loopy kind of thing, which actually, if you saw it in three dimensions, it's, it's pretty much just a spiral. It's pretty much a, um, like a, um, a spring, you know, sort of coiled shape. Um, but in, in two dimensions, it looks a little different uh, because it's kind of flattened. Uh, but anyway, the, this, this process is actually the stages of grief mapped onto if you have um, forward and backward um, movement being intellectual, um, sort of if it's backwards, you're, you're letting go of the ideas that you have. And if you're moving forward, you're gaining ideas, you're adding to your, your um, not necessarily what you call facts, but you know, what you call understanding, I guess. Um, and if you're moving backwards, it's not actually a bad thing to move backwards because you're letting go of wrong ideas that, you know, that haven't, not necessarily wrong, but ideas that just haven't shown to be useful. I think it's a better way to put it. And so the forward and the backward movement um, is, is the intellectual and the up and down movement is the emotional um, way of thinking. And that's either where you're, whether you're moving towards another individual or away from other individuals. So if you're moving to a second person, um, that can be either a negative or a positive emotion. Um, so the higher your emotional stages are, you know, the higher up little diagram it is and the lower your your emotional 
state is. So that would not necessarily be, um, yeah, people think lower is a negative, but it's actually, it's just a, um, it's a more neutral state. So depression is actually um, a neutral state. It's, it's not so much sad. The sadness comes in um, only when you believe that you shouldn't be in a neutral state. That is what we officially call um, clinical depression, is when you're in a, a neutral, introverted, um, you know, antisocial, not antisocial, but non-social state. Um, it is totally healthy to be there, and that is what we call meditation. That is another term for meditation. Um, so depression isn't inherently a negative thing, it's just a neutral thing. It's a focusing on inward, on oneself, and it only becomes negative when we tell ourselves the story that is that is bad or wrong or that we shouldn't be doing it. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the particle, this particle moves in this looping stage throughout this, and the movement of the particle itself is the physical um, dimension, I guess you would call it. And so you can, you can move forward and backward on the physical dimension as well um, in the sense of sort of contracting and expanding. So when you're expanding, you're, you're moving forward, and you're, when you're contracting, you're moving backward, not, not like necessarily in space, but in, in one's, uh, you know, like inhaling and exhaling, that sort of thing. It's, uh... But anyway, so this, this path... Um, is how our stories uh, feel most natural when we tell them. Um, so that's why I'm, if you read, and this was popularized by George Lucas because he actually listened to and read uh, The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell, uh, which was sort of a classic book in the, I guess, the 80s he wrote it. Um, Maybe in the 70s. I'm not sure. I, I encountered it in the 80s. And, oh, I guess it must have been <laughs> before the 70s. Because <laughs> that's when Star Trek came out. I mean, Star Wars came out. Um, it might even be written in the 60s. I don't know when it was written. Um, but anyway, the, the power of the myth, or power of myth, was sort of documented, uh, sort of meta study of our mythology stories are our big important stories everything in in artistic expressions of uh, religious stories and non-religious stories alike and that there are fairly standardized patterns that, that we go through and Joseph Campbell's descriptions of these this pattern is quite a bit different from the one that I use but um Interestingly, the stages of grief map onto it perfectly. The, the stages that Joseph Campbell described also map onto this perfectly, but um, it's harder to see where they fit in. So I've actually tried to break this down into an even more easy to understand. Oh, it's, it's pretty much looks like the stages of grief, but it's uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be described as grief because it can be elation as well. Again, the, the whole um, high emotion can be either a, a negative emotion or a positive emotion. When we're reaching out to someone else, we can be reaching out in a, in a very joyful way or in a very um, you know, angry way. And so 
either of those work in a story. We can we can use either of those because we still fall just as far when it's a fake joy as to when it's a quote fake anger you know when when we don't really know what we're thinking we don't really understand what's going on we just have this high state of emotion and um, it's we we fall just as hard (laughs) um, either way so for example when something really amazing happens to you say you you know you win the lottery or whatever uh you get into the college of your dreams um, or you get married, whatever, um, and you're in a state of high emotion and it's a positive emotion, you still fall very far, um, quote, down emotion-wise. Um, again, it's not, a, not into a negative emotion, but into a neutral emotion, uh, a very internal state of not wanting to be with someone else. Uh, uh, not so much antisocial, but asocial or non-social, you know, just pulling, contracting into oneself and wanting to be alone, um, we still get that no matter what our positive, what no matter whether our high emotion is positive or negative, we still fall back into ourselves after a while because things didn't go exactly the way we had imagined they would. Um, again, whether it's negative or positive, whether we're expressing our anger or we're expressing our joy, um, things never go quite to plan, and we get confused and then depressed or inwardly focused and sort of re reevaluate recenter ourselves to understand why what we imagined would happen didn't happen and so this is how we tell our stories and i would like to not just have the the more practical um work related speaking up for ourselves but i would also like to generate a more artistic um you know inspiring beautiful personal story help to help people tell their own unique stories to give themselves a map of their own lives that is inspiring as opposed to just purely practical and uh, I would like to make a video of that if I could and if anyone wants to help me um, if anyone has any thoughts or questions about that, um, I can even, you could even be my experimental test subjects in me trying to sort of sort this thing out if you want to tell your own personal story, a creative one, um, or even the practical one. I can, I can try to guide you through this process. Um, so anyway, I would love to help anyone who would like to be helped, and I would love to be helped in my pursuits if you would like to help me um, in any way, in any of my projects or non-project. <laughs> um, so get in touch with me. My email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com. And my um, blog where this podcast is offered can be found by going to www.turl, that's T-U-R-I-L dot org, O-R-G. And that'll bring you to my blog. And if you want to find me on Reddit, where you can, where I hang out quite a bit, um, when I can get online. And my username there is Turl, so if you go to www.reddit, that's R-E-D-D-I-T, dot com, slash user, U-S-E-R, slash Turl.
T-U-R-I-L. You will find all of my posts there on various and sundry, some serious, some <laughs> joking, some confusingly a little bit of both. Um, and I uh, hope to hear from you. And I wish you well and hope you find your most inspiring story to guide you through to a better future. Namaste.